if you would, uh, turn to Luke chapter 15 with me for the reading of God's Word. And when you find your place, please stand with me in honor and reverence of God's Word as we will read together Luke chapter number 15 this morning for the reading of God's Word. I'm going to read just a few verses which we'll preach from today and then I will, uh, I'll probably read more when we're done, but we'll read just a few verses in beginning in verse number 23. And bring hither, Luke 15, verse 23, and bring hither the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found, and they began to be merry. Now his elder son was in the field, and as he came and drew nigh to the house, he heard music and dancing. And he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said unto him, Thy brother is come, and thy father hath killed the fatted, fatted, uh, fatted calf. Because he hath received him safe and sound. Look at verse 28 now. And he was angry and would not go in. Therefore came his father out and entreated him. And he answering said to his father, Lo, these many years do I serve thee, neither transgressed I at any time thy commandment. And yet thou never gavest me a kid that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as this thy son was come home, which hath devoured thy living with harlots, thou hast killed for him the fatted calf. And he said unto him, Son, thou art ever with me, and all that I have is thine. It was meet that we should make merry and be glad, for this thy brother was dead and is alive again and was lost and is found. Pray with me, Lord, we love you. We thank you for being so good to us, Lord. We thank you for each and every precious soul that's came in these doors of this house today. Lord, we just pray in this moment for but a few moments as we share the precious bread of life, Lord, that has been broken with us this week. Lord, we just pray that you would bless it. Lord, I pray that we would uh, grow from it. God, give us grace and give us knowledge. We'll be careful to give you all the praise, all the honor, and all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for standing. A few weeks ago, my wife and myself and Brother Sam went to a jubilee over in Asheville. And a pastor friend of mine was preaching that night. He preached a message which I had heard by him for the second time from Luke chapter 15 about the prodigal son. And his focus in his message, and I believe you can ask my wife, you can ask Sam, one of the most challenging messages I've ever heard in my life about being a servant. And what he brought out is, I believe many, if you've been in church, probably know the story of the prodigal son. You know the story of how he got all of his inheritance. He went out and lived in the world, and what does the Bible say he did? He wasted it with riotous living. And he comes back to his father's house because the Bible says that he would have filled himself with the husk that the swine would eat. He, he was ready to eat slop because he was so distraught and he was left so empty by the world. 
And he came home and the preacher that night, he shared about how you find beside the father as the father welcomes him, him home, the prodigal son home, as the father goes and has the, the fatted calf killed, as the father uh, puts a robe on his son and a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet, you find the servants working right there with the father. They were the, the people right there at the right hand of the Father that were helping and facilitating and celebrating and, and, and helping uh, celebrate the return of this prodigal son. And the challenge that night in that message was that we are to be like the servants. Amen? You know, the servants were close to the Father. The servants were at his right hand. The servants were there serving with him, ready. They were rejoicing because the, the father was happy that the prodigal had returned. They were rejoicing because uh, um, of, of a, a lost soul that had come back home. But I read a few verses down, and that night, that very night, this message struck my heart, beginning in verse 28. All of this celebration is going on inside of the father's house and the prodigal son's brother comes home and he hears the music and he hears the dancing and he hears all that's going on and he was, what does it say? Verse 28, and he was what? Angry. He was angry. And would not go in. Therefore, came his father out and entreated him. And he answering said to his father, Lo, these many years do I serve thee, neither transgressed I at any time thy commandment, and yet thou never gavest me a kid, that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as this thy son was come, which hath devoured thy living with harlots, thou hast killed for him the fatted calf. You know what we see in this, these verses is we see jealousy. We see anger. We see frustration. And I'm here to, tonight to ask you this question. Are you on the outside? Are you on the outside? I believe that this, if there's ever been a message I've preached at Mountain View Baptist Church that I've been burdened with, that my heart has been burdened with, it's been this message. Knowing the magnitude of all that we have and all that we're blessed with and all that we see and all that we do inside of church and all the events and all the preaching and all the singing and all the things that we participate in. But I wonder if some of you, even under the sound of my voice today, are on the outside of celebration and on the outside of worship because of bitterness, because of anger, because of frustration, because of pride, as it's even been said in the last few moments. Those things will keep us outside of worship. I was thinking about this message and this brother, he was on the outside. He was on the outside. He wasn't participating in the worship and the celebration. The Bible says that he didn't go in. But we find here he knew a few things about his brother. He had some bitterness and some anger towards his brother. I was thinking about this and <clears throat> I don't know about you. I, I, was, I was hesitant to talk about this, but everybody know who the Grinch is? I mean, come on, give me some hands. A few people. The Grinch is, is timeless. I mean, there's about every generation in here probably has seen, I know has seen the, the Grinch. There's an, there's an iteration for every age. My son's got, got the Grinch, and I told Shelby, I said, we're going to be watching the Grinch soon, and we're going to watch the Grinch from the time the first leaf falls off the tree until uh, it warms up and the grass starts growing next year. 
But you know what? I was thinking about the spiritual Grinch. The spiritual Grinch. You know the Grinch, he's, he's angry and he's frustrated and he, he's upset with how happy everybody is during the Christmas season. Uh, he, he can't have any joy because he, he hates to think that somebody somewhere is enjoying themselves and somebody is enjoying their family and somebody is having a good time. I'd say we got some spiritual Grinches out there. This brother right here, he was a spiritual Grinch. He, he did not want to think about his brother coming home and let's look for just a few moments some reasons you may be on the outside of worship. You understand what I mean? On the outside of worship, why you can't celebrate. Uh, you, you hear things in the church and you hear a preacher that gets up and you think he's yelling at you and screaming at you every week and you got people crying and you got people raising their hands and you got people uh, that enjoy it and, and uh, you hear singing and it's good singing and it's good music and it honors the Lord and it lifts up the Lord's name and you wonder why you can't feel the way people around you feel. You wonder why that you can't connect with the spirit that others seem to have. You wonder why that, that you can't get up and take a lap like Brother Norman did here a while back. You wonder why uh, things are not connected in your life spiritually the way they once were. Or you wonder why you've never had what you, uh, uh, your family has or what people around you have. You wonder why. Maybe you're on the outside. Maybe you're on the outside and you're angry that you're on the outside. Maybe that's where you want to be. Maybe you're that spiritual Grinch that you don't want nothing to do with what's on the inside because it will force you to change how you act and how you live and how you're honest with yourself. Maybe you're on the outside first that we see here because of all that you think you have done. Verse 28, he was angry and would not go therefore, uh, would not go in. Therefore came his father out and entreated him. Verse 29, it says, and he answering said to his father, lo, these many years do I serve thee, neither transgressed I. At any time, thy commandment. Maybe you're angry for all that you think you have done. Maybe you've been a member of this church for 30, 40 years, 20 years, 10 years, whatever. Maybe you've been in church for 10, 15, 20 years. Maybe you've been in ministry for 10, 15, 20 years. It's easy when you start thinking about all you've done for God and all that you've given to God and all that you've blessed the house of God with and all you've done for all these people. It's easy to start becoming arrogant and prideful about you and what you've done and what you've accomplished and what you've con contributed and what you've given and what you've blessed others with. Maybe the reason you're on the outside of celebration and worship in the house of God is because because of all you think you have done. I'm here to tell you this morning that all that Josh Boyd can ever do, all that my ministry can ever accomplish, all the people I can ever be saved, all the years I can pastor at Mountain View Baptist Church or wherever God has me, one day down the road I can look back with 50 years of ministry and everything that I have done has not been because I've done it. It's not because I got up and decided I would do it. It's not because one day I thought Josh is going to do it. It's because God in His grace and mercy called me into the ministry and if I keep him first and foremost everything that will be done will not be because of me but it will be because of the grace and the goodness of God and I can't look back and say God I'm a little bit grumpy today I'm feeling a little bit grinchy today I want to stay home in my underwear and sit at the house and sulk about everybody else because things are changing because things are different because this person's starting to come to church because this person that I know how they used to live started to come to church church people we can be so self-righteous we won't let nobody in because of what we think we are and we're nothing we're nothing we see, me and Shelby, we, we gripe just a little bit about some of these 
new church names you see out there. We passed one yesterday, Relentless Church. And it's just a little cringy to me, in my opinion. Liquid Church, just a little cringy to me, in my opinion. I'm not going to get too deep into it. But you know, I told Shelby, I said, you know, the mindset in church today is so prideful. It makes me feel good about me. It tries to, even the names of churches, try to lift up me. You know what I told her? I said the best name over a church could be would be Worthless Church because I guarantee you, you got a man standing before you today that's worthless. you got a man standing before you today that without the help of God, without the call of God, without the Spirit of God, there ain't a thing in the world that I can accomplish. There ain't nothing I can do. There ain't nobody I can touch. There ain't nobody that can ever see any light uh, through me except for realizing that my worth comes from Christ. And on my own, by what I've accomplished, by what I've done, by how great I think I am, I am worthless, I guarantee you. I'm not worth a dime, but for the blood of Christ. That's the only thing in me that's worth anything. And we try to build up this pride of what we've accomplished and what we've done and what, how, how many great things that Josh has done or so, who's done, this person, that person has done. I'm just worthless, folks. All that I've done he tells his father, he says, These many years do I serve thee, neither transgressed I at any time thy commandment. So many stand outside of the doors of the house of God in a spiritual nature because they've been upset that someone fresh off the street has been welcomed into the family of God. You ever seen that? I tell a story. There was a man that uh, I, I grew up around. Lisa uh, grew up around. And, and this man, he had a big bushy beard and earrings when he got saved. And the man had no more got up and started to walk out of the door after being saved. Somebody grabbed him and said, I'm so glad you got saved. But when are you going to shave the beard off? When are you going to take the earrings out? When are you going to? I'm going to have to get this thing off. Woo. When are you going to change? When are you going to look like a Christian? When are you going to walk in here and look? Man, we don't even give people time to change because of all that we've done and how great we think we are and how self-righteous that we have become. We don't even give people an opportunity to let the Spirit of God deal with them about being changed. And that was 30 years ago. Today, there's a lot more that's accepted than it was 30 years ago. But I wonder how guilty even today people still are even, as I said, under the sound of my voice, how guilty. Well, that one, you know, you know about them. You know about them. You know how they used to be. You know how they live. You know what they've done. How guilty are we? These people, they get bitter because of all their contribution, and they feel that because they, they tick certain moral boxes concerning the work that they have put into the church, that they were the ones that need to be celebrated and exalted and lifted up and praised. That brother, he wanted to be praised, didn't he? He was seeking some praise. Look at what I've done. Look at how good I've been. Look at, look at me. I, I didn't transgress. I didn't fail. How quickly, how quickly. I had to write this down because I knew I'd never be able to say it this way again. How quickly we forget that all that we do and accomplish is nothing aside from what God has allowed. How quickly we forget the 90 and the 9. How we lose sight of the wicked creature that our soul dwells in. All because we're not content to see happiness and peace in others that we do not deem worthy. Amen? Nobody's worthy like Josh. Hey, I'm going to guarantee you, because my flesh, I've, I said recently, remember when I, when I was talking about Watosh? 
My grandfather used to call himself Watash Old Number One. Hey, Watash, right here. I'm going to guarantee I'm the most important person. I have to fight that each and every day because my flesh cares about myself. If it was up to my flesh, it wouldn't care about it. another person, another soul, another individual at all. It would only care about me. This brother, he wanted to walk in the door and the celebration be about him. I'm here to tell you this morning, you may be on the outside because the celebration is not about you. Because rejoicing is not about you. You may be on the outside of worship, even sitting in this church today because of all you think you have done. I got to thinking last night as I laid my head down on my pillow. This always happens. You can ask my wife. I end up having to flip the lamp right back on. I laid down last night and I got to thinking about steam engines. I got to thinking about the old boy on the steam engine running a shovel, shoveling coal in the firebox. You know what I'm talking about? Shoveling coal in the firebox. You know what? I got to thinking about that fella, and I was thinking about how he worked so hard with that coal, shoveling, 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 filling up. What happens to that coal? It burns up. That coal, it's, it, in the heat and in the flame, it burns up. It's gone. There's no instant gratification in front of this man. He's literally taking this huge heap of coal and he's shoveling it into this firebox and it's just dissipating and disappearing. But if you look on the outside, what's he doing? He's pushing the train forward. What we need to do and what I challenge you to do this morning is that if you're on the outside because of all you think you've done, start realizing that your contribution, uh, uh, if you do it in the right way, if you try to spread the gospel, if you try to reach people for Christ, your contribution to the gospel is not right here in front of you. All these things that you do, it seems like they're just burning up and they're going away and it's easy to get bitter because I've worked so hard and I've done so, uh, been so faithful and I've tithed for so long. I've sat in my pew all the time, but when God comes around and we're celebrating about someone else, we're celebrate, celebrating about something else and you feel like you've been left behind, remember that it is your contribution and it's your work that's propelling this church forward. All that you've done is what's pushed us forward in the past, but don't stand before God and waste all the great things and all the great contributions to say, well, I've done this and I've done that and I'm not a sinner like that person because deep down on the inside, you're just like me. You're wicked. We have to be honest with ourselves about our contributions. Shoveling, shoveling, shoveling. It's easy to look and just think, man, I just shoveled that in there. But realize, that's what pushes us forward. And don't turn it into a bargaining chip with God. A lot of good people have done that. God, I've done this, or God, I've done that. You can't bargain with God. Because I guarantee you, he paid a much higher price than anything you're willing to put in the hat. I guarantee you. All you think you've done. Next thing, Sam was talking this morning about sometimes need to get her toes stepped on. I've had my toes stepped on this week, folks. All you think you've done. Maybe you're on the outside of worship because of the rest of this verse. He says, and he says uh, I neither transgressed I at any time thy commandment. And he says at the end of verse 29, he says, And yet thou never gavest me a kid, that I might make merry with my friends. Maybe you're bitter, maybe you're bitter about what you think you've done and how it's not noticed or recognized. Maybe, maybe that's what's keeping you out there on the other side. But this one hits home so hard for me. Maybe you're bitter about what others have received. He says, Lord, 
I have served you faithfully. I've not transgressed against you. I have been humble and I've came and I've, I've worked in this house and, and I've been here when that prodigal son, when my brother was out there living in the world, I have been here serving. I have been here working. I have been faithful. I've given myself to you. I've given myself to your house. You never gave me a kid. You never gave me a gift. You didn't bring out the fatted calf. You didn't put a robe on me. You didn't put a ring on me. You didn't put shoes on my feet. God, what in the world? You, you've given him so much and you didn't give me a thing. How easy, as I said, it is to forget the 90 and 9. Amen. How easy it is to forget the 90 and 9. How easy, how easy it is to look down on someone, but how easy it is to forget where God found you. We start saying, Lord, you've never done this for me or you've never given this for me and you've never blessed me with this. But I'm telling you, you must learn to go back to the day, to the time where the Spirit of God dealt with you about being saved. And you must realize that like me, whether you were a seven-year-old boy, a 30-year-old man, a 50-year-old woman, that you were wicked and that you were heading for hell. You must remember that day. I was seven years old, folks. There was not much in this world I could have truly done. But I guarantee you, had I died the night of September 11th, 2003, and I had not accepted Christ, I would have went to hell. Seven years old, because I knew this wicked flesh, because I knew my sin. I realized what was wrong with me. I realized that I needed to be saved. It's easy for, for me to forget that day. It's easy for me to forget that feeling of if I don't get a hold of God right now, I'm going to split hell wide open. It's easy to forget that, Christian. There's probably not a single one of us that hasn't forgotten it at some point in time. It's also easy to forget when you look at others and you say, well, you've not given this to me or you've not given that to me or God, you've not done that to me. You, it's easy to forget that there was celebration in heaven the day you were saved. And it's also easy to forget the, the addictions and the afflictions and the difficulties that you used to face and the things you used to get up with temptations of and the things you used to go to the refrigerator and pull out, the things you used to get on the computer and pull out, the magazines you used to buy, the people you used to go see, the stuff you used to roll up and smoke. It's easy to forget about those things when you're 20, 30 years in. Amen? Look back and realize there was celebration the day you were saved. Realize that God has given victory and God has blessed you just like he is that new brother that's walking in the door. Just like that one that's been prodigal for 20 years. Well, I grew up with them. They've just always been bad. And I guarantee you it was probably you, elbow and elbow with them at one point in time. Amen? That was me. There was a guy I saw at Ingalls one time. I used to run around with. I'm telling you, I had a few wild days. I used to run around with this boy. I saw him at Ingalls. Started to present the gospel to him. I said, brother, I said, I'm, I want to tell you the good news about what God's done for me. When I was living around you and I was living with you and I was living beside you, all the things I was doing, I was running away from God. And I knew better. And I, I want to apologize to you for living like the world in front of you. That was not a good representation of a Christian. I said, I want to encourage you, like me, 
turn from your wicked ways and, and accept Christ as your Savior and begin to live for the Lord. And he said, I'm so glad to hear how great things are going for you. I'm, I'm so glad to see how different you look. You just look different. I'm so glad to see that you're not doing the things you used to do. But he said, I cannot believe what you say because I've seen how you live. Amen. Anybody ever had that? I cannot believe what you say because I've seen how you lived. You want to talk about breaking your heart? I saw him just a few weeks ago. And that is marked in my mind. My ministry with him is, it's not there. How easy it is to forget that day. He looked me in the eyes and he said, I remember when you were elbow and elbow with me. I remember when you encouraged me to do this or do that. I remember when you were living just like me. How easy it is to forget that. This brother, he forgets that he wakes up every day in the father's house. He forgets that every day he goes and he works in his father's fields. He forgets that he gets up. What does his father tell him? He says in verse 31, and he said unto him, son, thou art ever with me and all that I have is thine. He forgets that he has everything that the father has. And the father loves him just like he did his brother, but he just wanted to be reunited with the prodigal. Man, how selfish we can be. How much I can make this whole thing about me. How much I can make the whole story of Mountain View Baptist Church about Josh Boyd. How I can make the story of the Boyd family about me. How I can make the story of Western North Carolina about me. And you know what? I don't stop there. I can make the whole, the whole nation turns around me. Uh, the whole world turns around me. How selfish I can be because I'm bitter about what others have received and I've forgotten all the great things that God had done for me. Don't forget how wonderful God's been to you. Don't forget that day that he came down when he reached way down for me. Don't forget that day. The shine of salvation, the shine wears off sometimes, don't it? It's hard. I, I, I strive to serve the Lord like I did the week after I got saved. I was so on fire. I was so fueled up. I strive for it. I strive for that energy. Even a little boy to go to school and tell people, hey, I just got saved. I wish I had it right this moment. But you know what? I start looking back and thinking, Lord, from that day on and even before then, you've done so much for me. Lord, you've blessed me. Every day that I wake up, I'm blessed to wake up and what did you say this morning, Sam? <sighs> Breathe the air. Thank you, Lord, for another day. I got separated from my kids this past week. I was thinking, man, we're going to go down here, kick my feet up. I ain't going to do a thing. I'm going to sit there and I'm going to watch golf this whole weekend, and I'm just going to ease. I'm just going to, I told Shelby, I said, I'm so ready to get home and hug them kids. Man, you start looking at those children God blessed you with. Man, he's so good to me. You get, and you're thinking, man, well, this, this person's with the new boat this weekend. This person's got the new truck this week. This person's doing the new thing this week. This person's going here. This person's going there. You start looking around at what everybody else has, what everybody else is enjoying, what everybody else has got. You will forget 
to look at what God has already blessed you. Hey, it may not be in his plan for that new boat. I'm wondering myself, uh, I, I, it's okay. I might just ride the old ship of Zion back home. That's fine. It might not be in my plan for, uh, for this or for that material thing. But if I get focused on material things and things around me, why am I not compensated for being so faithful? I go to church every week. I preach three times a week. I answer calls and I, I send emails and I do this and I do that and I pray with this person and I preach funerals and I do all this. Why am I not compensated like this person? Why do I not get like this person? You start thinking like that. And I guarantee you, you're on the outside of worship. Celebration going on in the house and you can't feel it, you can't see it, you can't be a part of it, you can't enjoy it, and you never will as long as you're focused on what everybody else has. Woo, man. I'm glad to get this off my chest, folks. I've been, the old gospel plow we were singing about has been dealing with my ground this past week. I tell you. Verse 30. But as soon as this thy son was come, which hath devoured thy living with harlots, thou hast killed for him the fatted calf. Uh, as the preacher was preaching just a few weeks ago, this is the verse that struck my heart so. I, I, never, I, I never really uh, dealt with this verse in this way. Maybe you're focused on all you've done. And that keeps you outside of worship in the house of God. Maybe you're focused on what others have received. And that keeps you outside of worship. In the house of God. But maybe you're focused on what others are doing. And that's what keeps you out of worship in the house of God. I'm going to say that one more time. Maybe you're focused on what others are doing. And that keeps you out of worship in the house of God. This son, and this preacher said this, I can't claim this. But his youth pastor has told me over and over, you say something three times, you can claim it. So one more time and it will be mine. He said, the son rolls up to the house and he hears the music, he hears the dancing. He sees the servants. Servants are rejoicing. The servants are happy. The prodigals come home. He said, what's going on in the house? They said, your brother has returned. And he didn't know what was going on in the house, but he knew what his brother had been out doing because he says in verse 30, he says, but as soon as this thy son was come, which hath devoured thy living with harlots, thou hast killed for him the fatted calf. You are focused on what others are doing. Hey, we got to be honest about sin. Amen? We got to be honest about sin. We've got to look sin dead in the eye and be honest about sin. We've got to be consistent to fight against sin. But we must remember and realize that I'm not judge, jury, and executioner. Amen? That was something I prayed about this morning. I just had to turn it over to the Lord. You just take it, Lord. I'm not always good at that. Sometimes I fixate on, look at what this is doing. Look at how they've been acting. Look at how they've been living. And it steals my joy because I'm focused on somebody else. And I'm here to tell you, anybody ever been a little kid? I, I was thinking a few of you had. Anybody ever been a little kid with siblings? Some of these Gordons need to raise their hands up. There's about, there's about 40 of Jonah and Dennis and all of them. Now, when you was little kids, now, your brother or your sister do something wrong and make you mad, and you just stand up for yourself, 
but you do it in the wrong way. Anybody ever done that? And your mama or your daddy says, I understand that they did wrong, but the way you responded was not right. So you're getting a whipping too. Amen? All right. This is how, this, this is so simple. It's so simple. This brother is irritated, aggravated, angry, and frustrated. And it tells me that he didn't have a good spiritual relationship anyway. Because he's out watching what his brother's doing. Or he's hearing the gossip of, oh, he's down there in the, in the harlot's house living in the world. And his response here, his brother was not in the right. But it was not this brother's response to deal with him in the wrong. So I'm here to tell you this morning, the last thing I share with you is what may be keeping you outside of worship today may be because you're focused on what others are doing. Hey, they might be living in sin, but God knows. And there's some people sitting inside of this house this morning. There's someone that's living in sin and they ain't nobody breathing knows about it but God. God knows. It ain't my job to focus and, and fixate and be aggravated because you know what? I miss what's going on in the house when I'm focused on what others are doing. Hey, it's wrong, but why don't we pray for him? You know what? This brother, had he been praying for the prodigal, he'd have went on right through the door and found him and gave him a hug and said, I love you. I'm so glad you're home. Had he been where he needed to be, he wouldn't have been focused on all the wrong the, pro the prodigal had been doing. Hey, it's wrong. God's going to deal with it. God had already dealt with it. It's the fact that this brother is not willing to let go of something God had already forgiven somebody else for. You see, the simplicity is God and his forgiveness. Who makes it complicated? We do. We do. The brother was making it complicated. He was fixated and focused on where his brother was going, what his brother was doing, who his brother was seeing. He was fixated on all the wrong things instead of being able to rejoice on something God had already forgiven. So I wonder this morning, I wonder this morning, Brother Sam, if you would, get us a song. I'm not the best to deliver. But this word stands on its own. Stand with me if you will. Heads bowed and eyes closed. I, I want us to get real with God. Maybe you today have thought, man, I've missed out on worship for a while now because I'm bitter about something I think I've accomplished. Or I'm bitter about something somebody else has received. Or I'm bitter because of what I know somebody else is out there doing. You know what that, the verse says? When the father came out and he met the brother who was bitter, the Bible says that he entreated him. The, brother, the father was happy to see him too. And he was angry and he was frustrated. And he tells him, he said, everything in my house is yours. He says, it's just time to rejoice. Because that which is lost... Hey, he came home. I think if we could get real about these truths found in this word, about something, someone even here this morning, I don't believe God sent me just to 